What's up, everybody? Welcome back once again to the Prescribed Truth Podcast. As we continue this conversation with me and brother Edwin from the proverbial life, we get into the Great Commission and how that applies to this idea of that only leaders are are the ones who should be baptizing. And also we talk more about um, the what is an elder and a minister. And I even give a little bit of my experience. And so I hope that you enjoy this. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by joining with me on Patreon. For only a dollar or more a month, you can help this podcast continue to be distributed to various um, podcast networks. And I greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to contact me, you could do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com, or you can call me at 801-980-6333. And don't forget about the giveaway that we got going on with prescribed truth. You can still enter. The link is in the description. And if that wasn't enough for you, the Christian podcast community is also hosting a giveaway. I got the link in the description. You're talking about over $700 worth of stuff. They're giving away guys, giving away. So you want to enter into that as well, man, just, just isn't a giving mood coming up this Christmas season. <laughs> so, Hey man, I hope you enjoy this. And once again, I'll see you next week for the prescribed truth podcast blessings. Oh yeah. And remember this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Enjoy. The calling of the disciples in Matthew 28, is that they are to, to, to go and make disciples of all the nations. They are the ones to go baptize and teach all that I've commanded. Now, when we get into the local church, and, and, and then we go, all right, so boom, we got that. Now we get into the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, anytime you see, let me go back. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned this earlier. Nowhere in scripture do you ever see anyone who isn't either an apostle, an elder, or a deacon, you never see anyone outside of those three categories baptizing someone. Hmm. All, all, only, those, only those categories of people. Um, and when we get into the New Testament church, when we get into the church and the epistles, um, you know, because Acts is like the, it's, it's the seed, it's the beginning of the church, it's being established um, and we see that even in its infancy stage where you have the deacons, right, that are acknowledged um, by God and sent out by the church to go deek. <laughs> like <okay>. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Lay down, boy. boy. And, and, and so you see Stephen preaching, getting stoned, right? You mm. see Philip uh, baptizing the eunuch. Um you know, like, but they were, but they were sent out by the church as deacons to do that. So my my argument is that elders and deacons are the two, um, uh, like, ordained individuals who can administer the sacraments. Mm. Deacons as well. Okay, and so and this is cool because, like, prior to this conversation today, my understanding for the past year I, I would say probably been about a year i've been thinking about this is that when it came to uh, baptisms you know especially in a lot of churches deacons would assist they may assist in baptizing but you will hardly see a deacon baptizing anybody 
today. You know, it'd right. probably be the pastor who who do the baptism, you know, or the or in this sure. sense, elder, you know. And so in churches I come from, the the head pastor, you know, like I said, they already had they already had a misconstrued distinction between leadership roles, but you had the pastor, whoever's the pastor of the church would do the baptism or the minister it, the deacons would probably assist in holding the person or, you know, letting them in the water, bringing them up, whatever the case may be. Um, now I don't think that's wrong. No, 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 no. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's wrong. But I'm just saying that's yeah. but that's where that it would be limited to. Um, like the, the churches where they would have deacons in. I'm not talking about the church I'm a part of. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm talking about like just where I come up, just how I came up. Like yeah. this is like the deacons would be limited to just that. You wouldn't see a deacon baptizing anyone. And so when I would read a story like Philip baptizing a unit, is it, it made me think like, okay. Well, he, you, Philip was not a a pastor, so like, he baptized a eunuch and it's okay. So, like, what's up with me? Like, what's up with you know anyone? Like, he just see him on the road. He's walking on the road. He sees this Ethiopian eunuch reading Isaiah. He doesn't understand what he's reading. He said, "Hey, I, he preached to him Jesus." And he's like, "Man, what's to stop me from being saved?" You know, like, "Hey, there's water right there. What's this? What's to stop?" He's like, "Hey, let's do it." You know, and he baptizes them and Lord takes them away, you know, and we don't hear no more about the Ethiopian unit from that point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, man, like he wasn't in church at the time and, but he wasn't also a pastor. So what is it? And so for the longest up until today, and I'm, t- I'm, I'm being transparent with people who are listening up until today, it didn't hit me that Philip was still a leader. He was, yeah, he was still, he was still set apart by the local church to be a deacon, just like Stephen was. And I think it was like they chose seven deacons during that time. Um, they was they yeah. gave the command to, get, to choose seven deacons who were um, who were uh, hold, who are walking in holiness and stuff like that. You know, knew the word. You know, and so Philip was recognized by God and by the people that he was a leader and therefore and a servant leader. He when he went on, and so that was that part threw me. I was like, dang, you know, that's actually a good argument, man. Like leaders, but this but this is the thing I'm, I'm hung up at, bro. Is when it comes to the Great Commission, I agree with you that Jesus was speaking directly to the eleven at this point. You know, Judas had already he killed himself, so he's talking to the eleven, and he gives them this commission. He tells them to go, therefore, you know, I've, I've been risen with all power in, in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So, to the disciples, he's told to make disciples of all nations. To the disciples, he's told to, to then baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then tells them teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so is the great commission for just your general believer as well as the apostles. And in what way, you know, if, um, if this is given directly to the 12, how am I supposed to take it as application for myself as far as what I'm supposed to do? And how can I make the distinction and say, well, this is meant for me and this isn't. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, you know, obviously, like whenever we read, this is an interesting observation, even when we, and we, me and you got to chop it up about this still too in the future. But when we talk about es, um, eschatology in the book of Revelation. Yeah, we need to have that conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a sneak peek for anybody. Um, but, you know, it's really important, man. Like, like when Jesus says you, like that really matters because he's speaking to the disciples. You know, like you doesn't mean the future or now doesn't mean a thousand years from now. Like it really means right now. Um, and it really means like you, the disciples. So my, my understanding of the great commission, man is, um, yeah, it's, it's originally intended for the 12 that listen to Jesus's words. 
Um, he want, he told them to go out and make disciples. And they did, right? They did. Like today, like the gospel started, bro, with a couple people. Yeah. And it spread. And it spread. And now the gospel has literally reached the whole world. Obviously, like there's some places that's unreached. But when we talk about like generally speaking, the gospel has spread throughout the whole world. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and 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 so so yeah so anyway that's that, but when it comes to like hold on our role yeah I'm, I'm sorry bro I had to cut you off real quick because um we said we said literally spread to the whole world um I don't know was it uh Vody Bakum he came to our church one time and uh spoke and he and he said something bro it was like hit me it it was just like just crazy to think about bro like we're in the United States right now. And it's like, we forget, like, we think, like, when we do missions, we're going overseas, right? We're going overseas to do missions, but failing to realize that we were the mission. Like, being here is is part of the spreading out of the gospel. The fact that they reached... The Gentiles. Yeah, the fact, the fact that they reached America, the fact that it's here, you know, going around through all California to Hawaii, wherever it may be, it's, a, it's, it's proof. The fact that we have the gospel here in America is proof that the gospel spread across the world. I just wanted to throw that in there, man. It was, just, it was beautiful to really recognize that. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, so the disciples, um, in in their calling as apostles, they were, as it says, they were the foundation, right? They were, and, and Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Um, so they laid the foundation, and and we are not to lay any other foundation. We're to add to the foundation that has been laid. Um, so, so when Jesus commissioned the 12 to go out, he commissioned them as apostles, as sent ones to, um, to communicate the gospel message. But it was also to bring um, judgment upon those who would reject that message, right? So, like, if somebody rejects what you say, wipe your feet off and keep it moving, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so for us as believers, man— our responsibility, how we go about sharing the great, how we go about partaking in the great commission is by sharing the truth of God's word, is by being a light in the midst of darkness, is by sharing the gospel, you know? And when we share, this is important, bro. When we share the gospel and somebody comes to faith in Christ, the way in which the fullness, like we think that the great commission yeah, this is wild, bro. We we think that it's just us and the Great Commission is dependent on us. So I got to go make disciples. I got to baptize them. I got to teach them all things. No, God's means by which the Great Commission is accomplished is the local church. Mm. And the local church is made up of individuals. So, so when a person mm. is born from above... God has established his church as an ordained means for them to grow up in holiness, to grow up in godliness. And in God's church, he has, a, he has an order. He has a structure. So, so in God's church, going back right back to, you know, who can, be, who, can or, who can administer the sacraments? The ones in whom God has called to administer the sacraments, which are the elders and the deacons. So, so when somebody gets saved that we disciple on the block or in the suburbs or wherever, like if they truly been born from above, we connect them to the local church and we pass them along for them to be plugged into our church. 
for them to get this, for them to get baptized and and we just go out and keep making more disciples. Okay, so but we got this thing like if we don't baptize them, that's not fair. Well, it doesn't matter if you think it's fair or not. <laughs> well, see, my thing. Okay, so this is the thing, and I want I want to read this uh, passage from Colossians real quick to try to try to gauge an idea of where we're going with this. All right, so I like what you said. I kind of want you to repeat it again if you can remember. I, I wanted to stop you earlier, but you was you was going on. I didn't want to stop you. You was um you mentioned about how the Great Commission is not a, it's not about us, and it's not right. you know it's, so it's not like based on you, but it's, it's given, it's about the body, you know, and, um, kind of what you, I, want to, I wish you could remember what you said, man. It was, um, but it was, it was good. It gave some understanding to something. And, um, I'm just want to, I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking and you let me know if, if I'm, if I'm on track with what you're saying here. Yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> the great commission, is it fair to say that, that the great commission isn't necessarily uh, a formula of what I as an individual will do fulfill everything. But that absolutely okay. So okay, so that's what I was trying to get because I was this whole time thinking, okay, the Great Commission is go there for he's telling the, he's telling the disciples, to, which if you if okay, first okay, the next question, you guys, y'all gotta forgive me. You listen to this because my, my mind's going, it goes, and so <laughs> so in a sense, could we say that the Great Commission given to the the twelve or you know the eleven, if you want to be technical, that that's been fulfilled? I know we're still fulfilling it because. Where the disciples are still being made, people, the God's elect is still coming through. You know, the the time of the Gentiles is not ended, as we know. We talk about, we can get to that's going to eschatology and all that. So we ain't got there yet. But when he tells them, he said, "Go therefore and make disciples." The apostles, the apostles were obedient to the commission that God gave them in their lifetime. They fulfilled what God, what Jesus told them directly. They did that. They fulfilled that. What he told them. Yeah, so the, the the command that they were to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the world, um, they 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 did do that. They they did that. Like okay. when you look at church history, they they did and that. Let's be clear. Now the uttermost part, just real quick, the uttermost parts of the world, given in that time, does not mean the United States because the United States weren't there yet. So I just want to be clear for somebody listening. Right. This doesn't mean they went everywhere. Think about the, the how the geography map was back then. It was a more condensed um, range of uh, area. Go ahead. Right, right, right. And and so I think it's important to remember, man. Like the apostles were the foundation of the church. Like when I mean the foundation of the church, I don't even know if I'm quoting that correctly. Like Christ is the chief cornerstone, so He's the one who keeps it in place. Right. The, the 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 apostles were the um, the ones that God sent out to proclaim the message of the gospel, right? Christ's death, burial, resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, they were eyewitnesses of Christ's resurrection. They they were they walked with Christ, you know? Um so so there's certain criteria for an apostle. Um and, and so they were they were the foundation and upon that foundation church is being built up. So so picture it man like literally God's kingdom is being built up and the, the the foundation has already been laid that's the apostles right that's already been laid so so now the kingdom and this really goes into my eschatology man because the king the kingdom of god is progressively growing and the gospel is progressively spreading and people will progressively be changed by the gospel um and and so on and on and on so in one respect, the Great Commission 
um, it was accomplished with with the disciples. But that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, obviously, like, that doesn't mean that the work is done mm-hmm. because the Lord hasn't returned yet, you know. Um, so I don't know if that helps no, answer the that question. Helped, and I don't know if I worded my question correctly because uh, I didn't mean to be done like as if there's no more work to do, we should go out. So I don't want anybody to misunderstand right. the question that I asked. doesn't mean that we there's no more witnessing needs to be done, no more sharing the gospel on the block, any of that kind of stuff like that should be done because the apostles are now you know, dead and gone. Um, but yeah, I was, but you, but you did answer the point. Like it's, it's still spreading. And so, uh, to the first point that I had made and you said it was, it was on track to what you were saying was that the, the great, the great commission wasn't meant for me to take it as if as an individual, as me, Jamal, I got to make sure in my lifetime, I do these three things in order to be, uh, or this, this, in this order to be in, um, obedience to what Christ said concerning with the mission of the, of the body of Christ. Right. That's it. And that's the thing, man. Like, yeah, we, we tend to look at ourselves as individuals and we are, but we're individuals in Christ's body who is the universal church, but we're the universal church and in application, we're connected to the local church. So the local church is fulfilling the call to spread the word, right? Um, in foreign nations, locally, you know that that's the church's role if it's functioning correctly, and also also the church's role is to shepherd um, the flock of God. So as it says in Ephesians, that the elders' responsibility is to um, is to is to equip us for the work of the ministry. So so is to equip us. The shepherd's responsibility is to equip us, the lay people to do the work of the ministry. That doesn't mean they don't do the work of the ministry, but as we're being sent out, this is this is beautiful, bro. Christ is the over-shepherd who has called under-shepherds to be a reflection of Christ in, reg- in regards to authority with their calling, mm. right? So they're called to preach the word of God. They're called to pray. They're called to... To, to 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 shepherd the flock of God. As they do that, they're equipping us to go out and spread the word. Well, that's the same thing that the over-shepherd is doing with all of us, right? Through his spirit, he's sanctifying us. He's shepherding us. He's the counselor that's teaching us, renewing our minds through the word of, through the God, through God's word, and we're being sent out. So, so whenever we look at ourselves as individuals apart from the local church, we have a misunderstanding of our placement in the body of Christ universally. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It's, 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 That's deep, bro. It is, it is deep, and it's and it's um it's becoming more and more clear to me as we're as we're dealing with this. Is um this is this is very helpful. This is very helpful. And I and I, once again, I was being transparent to people. You know, prior to today. I was always on a point where, you know what, hey, why can't, I'm just, this is me, you know, this is just my thoughts and how I, how I reason with things. Why couldn't it be that if I, I I've shared the gospel and, you know, some I've been sharing the gospel with them, I've been doing life with them, they know me, I know them. Why isn't it when I first hear them say, hey man, I, I, I believe I know the Lord, man, like, the Lord's changed my heart. I believe I'm saved. I think the Lord's, um, I'm born again, you know what I'm saying? And I see fruit. Why isn't it that I couldn't administer the baptism? You know what I'm saying? 
And so, uh, and then we, and we got, I suppose again, to look through the text and I, I, and my art, my argument was because Philip, you know, baptized, like Philip baptized. That was my personal argument is because Philip baptized, you know, whether or not it was said or not that, uh, it was explicitly said if said person could baptize or not baptize. I saw a clear example of somebody who wasn't a pastor baptizing, but then today I'm looking at it like, no, but I see a, right. I see a leader who is baptizing one who's uh, not just a lead. No, like you said earlier, a self-proclaimed leader because of how they may live their life or how they walk, but recognized by the church as being such, and, um, and Philip being the deacon. He, and, you, and you said something earlier, man, um, have a conversation earlier. If I can, if, if you allow me to bring it up, the, but you said something was really good. Philip in the book of Acts, we see stuff that's descriptive, but it wasn't prescriptive. You know what I'm saying? It's, something, it's just giving us a narrative of things took place, but doesn't mean that this was uh, meant to be the norm. And something you said that was beautiful, man, it made me think about just, it made me think about the canon. And, and that's why I encourage anybody who's listening to this, it's important to understand how the Bible came to be the Bible. Like these 66 books that we possess, how did they come together? You know, and when, you know, when did they come together? And all those things, and when they were written, it makes, it, it's, it's perfect, it's, it's beautiful, and how God just preserved his word. Yeah, it's not it's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be afraid of. Like, like please understand that it's beautiful. And so when you brought this up earlier, man, I gotta repeat it because it, it, like, when when you said it, it's like a light bulb hit off. Like, man, like that's 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 good there. And um, you said that you gotta keep in mind that the Paul's letter, the epistles, giving us the, giving us even giving us the the qualification of an elder wasn't written then. Matter of fact, when uh when when Philip was called as a deacon. Paul didn't, Paul wasn't even a believer yet. You know what I'm saying? So the qualifications, the qualifications that we see in Timothy concerning what an elder should be or when a deacon should be, didn't, wasn't even written yet. When a time, during the time when Philip was walking around, you know, seeing the Ethiopian eunuch or when the early church started, you know, and so there are things that could have been unique to that time based on where they were. And then as it developed, it, you know, as as it developed, the churches began to get established, and now you have leadership in the church. Now you got Paul writing to Timothy and say, "Hey, set up elders in the churches of Ephesus and all these other places, you know, and then you know, and so on and so forth. And then this is what they must be, you know, and the deacons likewise they must be. And so it's it's, it's beautiful to think about that, man. So it's like it it, it, it took away my argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it took away my argument, man. I, I could be humble. I'd be humble. Like it took away my argument. There, it's like two things took away my argument: the fact that Philip was a leader, and that during that time, whatever happens in Acts, you know, during the early times of Acts, I know um, letters of, letters were written by Paul in the midst of Acts after he was um, after he was saved, and uh, same thing with Peter as well. But in the midst of what's going on in Acts, these are things that's happening during the early church, like three thousand souls being saved at one time, and and that may not have happened again, you know, so that was such a phenomenon at the time that may not have happened like that again, you know, it just was that time. So it doesn't mean that you have an unsuccessful church. If you don't bring in 3000 souls at one time, you know, said so no, it's just, that's something that happened then. And even, and, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Come, I can go no, ahead. I was going to say, no, I was just going to say, man, um, I think, I think this falls down to a matter of authority. So the God is the one, who um so I, I go back to this why why can't a woman be a pastor well she can't she can't be a pastor because being a pastor is a calling of authority mm -hmm. and god is the one who has all authority 
who distributes authority to people. So there's roles that people have. This is the point I was making earlier too. In the local church, there's different giftings that all believers have. Mm -hmm. So you may not be an elder, but that doesn't mean you can't, you, that, that God didn't give you a gift of teaching. Right. Right. So maybe, maybe you got a gift of teaching. Well, then teach, teach it and, and God gives you that burning desire. Sit down with your elders, see if they could teach, you know, help walk you through. Maybe you could, maybe you could lead the youth group or maybe, maybe you could even, maybe you could even become an elder, right? As a as a young man or whatever in time. Um, or maybe you could lead a discipleship group at your home, you know, throughout the week, um, uh, so so on and so forth. So, um, but my point my point is that it's it's a it's a matter of authority. So God is the one who um, distributes that authority, and and with respect to the deacons and the elders, those are the only two roles that God has given authority in the church to administer the sacraments, um, in this case, administer the sacrament. So that, that's, I just want to make that clear, um, that it's a matter of authority. That doesn't mean that they're, that they should be authoritarian, you know, mm -hmm. that doesn't, you know, there's a distinction between authoritarian, like unruly leadership that is like taking, that is being abusive, you know, but it, it, but people, but we have a problem with it's like you know when when John MacArthur said go home yeah. to Beth Moore. Well, how could he say that? That ain't right. I could speak to that. Da, 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 da. We have a problem with authority and we have a problem with submission. So it's like, what you mean I can't baptize? Why not? That ain't fair. Well, it doesn't matter if you think it's fair. It's it's the prescription that God has given for the local church, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you don't like this person. You know, anyway, so yeah. I think that's important yeah. distinction to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's good, man. Um, Lord of the Harvest, man, what up, bro? I don't know if you can see the comment. Uh, he, yeah, I see okay, it. He said, have y'all read the book of Enoch? Um, no, I haven't. Me personally, I haven't read the book of Enoch, not all the way through. I've read bits and pieces. And I know a portion of it is quoted in what? In, um, in Thessalonians, isn't it? it? It's mentioned in Thessalonians. Isn't it brought up in Thessalonians or in Jude, one of them? Jude, 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 Jude. Okay, yeah, I know. So I know it's brought up in Jude, but uh, yeah, no, I haven't read all the book of Enoch, bro. <clears throat> no, I haven't either. I read. I I think I have it, but I haven't read it. Appreciate you coming in and checking this out, man. We've been on for a minute having this discussion, bro. Thank you for coming through for a little bit. But yeah, man. Um, but yeah, man. That's that's, that's good. That's a good point. Talking about issues being authority. Um, you know, so that that's good, man. Okay, all right, so. Here we, I know we, we only through that article, bro. Like we only like went through like what two sentences, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so like, but this has been this has been good, man. I think this has been helpful, man, and I think this will be yeah. I think this will be helpful for anybody. Um, before we go further, before we go further, I want to backtrack us a little bit. I was thinking about this a while back, but I didn't want to I didn't want to stop us from where we was headed. Um, but since we taking a pause now, I think it's okay. So earlier we talked about how a minister is not um is. It should be like when somebody's ordained a minister, this is somebody who could now share in the pastoral um, ordinances that, that are part of the church, the the baptism and the Lord's Supper, right? And then how in some churches, minister isn't synonymous with pastor and elders aren't synonymous with pastors. And then, but also one I forgot, which is, which is overly used today, 
the bishop. The bishop. You know what I'm saying? So now you got, I remember um, my, my old pastor, my late pastor who died, he said, you know, and he was not, he was an apostle. He called himself an apostle. And, um, mm-hmm. and he would say, basically, so you had the fivefold ministry. So you had the apostle being the top, but then bishops would fall under. And so he would say the bishop was a glorified deacon. You know, that's, he would always say that. So basically like belittling the bishop role, you know, but mm-hmm. now knowing the truth, it's like you actually belittling your own pastorship <laughs> in your own, yeah. in your own mind. Because like, if you're pastoring a church, you're the bishop, which scripture talking about reading from the KJV version, you know, it says bishop, but it's actually that's given elder. That's the same as the elder. It's not different. And so you have, you have, uh, yeah. you have churches who, are, who are elevate the bishop over an elder and then over a pastor, you know, whereas it's yeah. just a whole big misunderstanding, man. So they, they have these big ceremonies. I know we kind of go, I'm going off the top of it a little bit, but they have these big ceremonies for recognizing a bishop who's basically putting all this garb on, putting the hat on, got the staff and everything else they do just for him becoming a pastor, which he was already serving as prior to getting to becoming a quote unquote bishop, you know? So just a, the misunderstanding of all saying, and, and maybe, you know, maybe in their mind, there's some differences between a pastoral role. And then now if the bishop, you know, other, you know, so I mean, but it's not, it's right. not biblical and, to me. It's not biblical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, I, you you could dice it up however you want, but you got to be able to substantiate it from the scriptures. And in the scriptures, the uh, the shepherd and elder is a synonymous term, you know, mm-hmm. and bishop as well. You know, like those those terms are um, one of the same. And which is interesting because so is this is interesting. So is the um, shepherd teacher, like pastor teacher. This is another thing that's very important for us to keep in mind, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It may be maybe controversial for some people too, but um, the the teaching that takes place in the local church is to be done by now. I'm not saying that it can't ever be done by anyone other than the elders, but it's to be primarily done by the elders, right? But even if someone isn't an elder and they're teaching at the church or preaching, it needs to be under the guidance of the elders and the deacons of the church. Mm. Because you cannot, you can, you know, the elders and the deacons are, um, and they're, they're, they're the, they're the gateway, their call before God, especially especially elders, the elders, they're called before God and the leaders of the church, they're called before God to protect the sheep mm. from wolves. And, and, and in the church, there oftentimes could be people who come in, as it says, they came in to deceive women, you know, um, the vulnerable. Um, and so, so, and, I'm very leery of anyone who's like just ready to start teaching. Like, why ain't they give me an opportunity to teach that? They don't recognize my gift. And it's like, nah, you know, number one, it's a high calling because you'll be held accountable for every word that comes out of your mouth. You know, there'll be a stricter judgment for you. But then also it's a high, it's, it's a great responsibility for the elders because they're going, they're, they're the, they're the gatekeepers, right? So, so if you if you teach false doctrine and you're um, 
what's what's the word a, a higher a hired hand, right? You just leave. That doesn't affect you because you kind of just skipping around anyway. Mm-hmm. The pastor is the one who has to deal with the repercussions mm-hmm. of that. So the teaching the teaching ministry in the church are to primarily be done by the elders. Mm-hmm. So if you're not an elder and you aspire to be, that's one thing. But if you're not an elder and you want to teach, don't expect in most cases to, and, you know, obviously depending on your structure of church, but don't expect that that's going to be something that if if your elders are functioning biblically, that that's going to happen next week. Like mm. th- that needs to be something that you just put on the back burner. Yo, honestly, bro, that's why I started the, the proverbial life is because um, I wasn't, we had moved from Florida to New York. I wasn't pastoring and I couldn't just force my way into a church and say, yeah, I, I was a, ordained as a pastor. So now let me pastor. But I also wanted to minister. I also wanted to share God's truth. I also, you know, wanted to use my gifts. And so I was connected to a local church, but I was also putting out, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like putting out. Um, and now, actually, now more than ever, because I didn't have a podcast before. Now I do. Uh, and my podcast even is, you know, like my pastor and everybody knows about it. So it's not like I'm going off the, the rails there right, either. Right, right, right. And it's the same thing with um, the prescribed truth. You know, I'm thankful I waited as long as I did. Um, but I started prescribed truth after I joined the local church um, and been it was settled for a minute, and um, I felt the need. I felt this itch. I wanted to teach. I missed teaching. Like I said, I was, I was preaching prior to joining my church. You know, and by God's grace, I was saved. Even in my last church, I was at. So I was preaching, preaching the gospel, growing in the faith, being growing in maturity. When I come to the church I'm at now, when I came in, I didn't have a desire to to be a pastor, an elder, nothing. I just wanted to be a layman, just to be there and just teach me something. You know, yeah. you know just, I just want some solid leadership, man. It's just some good. Some good grounded leadership, man, and um, so I was just happy with that. But then I, eventually, I just wanted to teach the things I want to teach about, one things I want to say, uh, coming from my background, wanting to reach out for people who are in similar backgrounds as I am or I was, and um, and I just wanted to teach. And so I went before my, went to my elders and asked them, you know, hey, you know, what do you think? Like, would this be wrong if I, you know, did this ministry? I'd, I'd have been wanting to do this for some time, didn't really, you know, get around to it. Would it be wrong for me to do so? And uh, he said, no, he said, you know, it wouldn't be wrong, you know, and it just put me in an accountability of my elders. You know, now that when I, I know my elders listen to what I do, you know, he every now and again, he lets me know, he said, oh, you got to check out your, your program today. It was pretty good, you know. And so, so it's like, what's up, man? <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 yeah. you know, it's good to have that validation, man. And um, and so real quick, just I, I'm going to step off real quick. I, can you do me a favor? Yeah, I wanted to look at. It, I want to go back again to something that we did with the Great Commission and ask one more question. But it's yeah, but, but it's in reference to uh, Colossians one, and um, I know I read it to you earlier. But could you do me a favor? Could you read Colossians one one through eight? And um and real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna block myself out real quick. Uh huh. If you could read one through eight for me, you can take your time with it. Just um, I'm gonna lay your side down. But by the time you finish with that, I should be back here. Hold on. Chapter one, verses one through eight. Yeah, just verses one through eight. All right, I'll pull it up on my screen. I'll wait till you pull it up before I bounce off. But, right. but uh, yeah, just one more question I want to ask concerning this. And then, uh, Lord of Harvest, I see your comment, bro, if you're still here. I'm going uh, I'm to read it off when I come back. And I uh, appreciate you, man. Um, okay, I see you got to pull it up on the screen. Look at you. Just sharing the screens and all. 
But now I'm a pro now with it. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. All right, cool. So I wasn't I wasn't expecting to do this, but I think this is a good passage for us to um, chop it up about. So Colossians chapter one, starting at verse one, going down through verse eight is what Jamal mentioned. Um, so let's read it. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our father. Now, Let's stop. There's a couple of things here. Paul is an apostle, right? He's given that commission by God. Um, and he is an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So there's a unique calling that Paul has that is distinct from any layperson. So if you are someone who thinks that you can have the gift of an apostle, you can't come to that conclusion based on anything that's subjective. It needs to be objective from God's word. And I would argue that it's a unique calling given to specific individuals in Christ's time. And the very unique thing about Paul is that Christ actually appeared to him on the road to Damascus and on other occasions um, and, and commissioned him to be an apostle. We see the validation of that in his letters where he says that he is an apostle. So again, my point in all this is saying that the word of God needs to be um, the subjective, excuse me, the objective word of God needs to be what we take in as our determining factor for truth and not our subjective feelings or our church traditions or anything of that nature. So here we see Paul is an apostle of Christ Jesus. This is very important too. Um, he's not going rogue as an apostle, right? He's, he, he solidifies who he's an apostle of. So he kind of marks off what team he's on. He's on Christ Jesus team, right? He's on the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, the God who spoke all things into existence. that That's the Jesus that he is an apostle for. So Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So even here we see Paul is basically saying that this is a Trinitarian confirmation. So we see Jesus Christ is affirming Paul's apostleship and God the Father has affirmed his apostleship. And we see that even with the gifts um, of miracles and things of that nature that Paul, um, that he could do, that was also um, the Holy Spirit's affirmation of, you know, the, his apostleship. Um, and then he says, and Timothy, our brother. Um, so Timothy wasn't an apostle. Uh, he makes that clear here. But I just want to know, just just mark those off. Like Paul is an apostle, right? Timothy, in this case, is your brother, right? So he's recognized as your brother. Uh, it doesn't say that he's their pastor. He says Timothy was like, um, in this case, like an apprentice, an apprentice. Like he's he's kind of like a, a a traveling missionary with Paul. 
So he's saying, Timothy is your brother, not an apostle, he's your brother, speaking to the church in Colossae. And now addressing verse 2, addressing the saints in Colossae, he says that they are faithful brothers in Christ. Um, so I just wanted, there's a lot going on there that I just wanted to kind of point out some of those distinctions so, um, that are important to make. So before before we go any further, this is what happens when you tell a teacher <laughs> to to just read <laughs> One through verses one through eight. <laughs> I was confused. I didn't know if you wanted me to read it. Or... <laughs> this is what happened when you tell when you tell boy you tell somebody who know they good they know they teach they can teach boy. He's like, hey man, I just, I just want you to read one through eight. He's like, look, let me tell let me gonna break this down for you, man. I didn't know how long you would be, so I was like, all right, let's get it. <laughs> nah, that's beautiful, man. I'm glad you actually brought those stuff up. That, that was good, and um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't, it's cool because I had a Joe sound like that boy trying me. <laughs> yeah, they always. He's do. like, you know, he was like, he, like, he, like. So I met my, I met my, I met my computer. I met the dining room table. I tell, I laid him down right. He gets up off the couch and he he comes and he stands right next to the couch, staring at me. Then he he sees me look at him and he starts <laughs> just giving uh-huh. me the giving me that smile like, so what you gonna do? You you, yeah. you ain't gonna stop your recording right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> you, awesome. You too busy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man. praise god i love that boy man and so um i appreciate that man like I, we do i do want to read the rest of uh that that portion but like i said i'm gonna do let me read uh lord of harvest comment he said uh god gave a command to eve through adam she disobeyed god gave a command to lot's wife through lot and she disobeyed god give a command to all women through paul will they obey Ooh. or fail to like the previous women. Yeah, that's good, man. Man, Lord of Harvest coming through with some heat, man. <laughs> and you know what's beautiful about that, man? Like the the passage in Timothy um, where, and, I, and I'm, I'm just referencing it as that because I can't remember exact cross, the exact reference, but um, it says that, um, that, that they were, let me see, oh, to follow the example of Sarah in that she submitted to Abraham, calling him Lord, Ugh. calling him Lord. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's actually like a that's it's crazy. It's the reverse of what our culture says, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's beautiful. So, anyway, amen, that's, amen. That's that's good, man. Thank you, uh, Lord Hoffers, for bringing leaving the comments. Sorry, it took me so long to get to it, bro. Um, yeah. So, um, so going off of going just. Piggybacking off of what Edwin was reading the scripture, Colossians 1, it said to this, um, just pick it up from verse 2. He said, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now, as I continue to read, there's a point I, I'm going to want to get to and ask questions dealing with the Great Commission. Um, you know, our responsibility as believers when it comes to the making of disciples, baptizing and the teaching, all that, that God has commanded us, as, you know, and so on and so forth, right? As we were talking about earlier, in case you're just tuning in, um, you talk about earlier how that the Great Commission was given to the twelve, was given to the apostles directly, and and but it wasn't like uh, each, it wasn't given to for us like as each individual is going to do all those through all those things together throughout their life. It's going to be a collection. It's going to be a, a a work, a body of work done by the the body. That makes sense, and um, what I'm saying. It's going to be that this is something that's going to be done um, by the body as a whole, by means of the local church as as everything 
it may it starts to show that as time goes on and the structure begins to get built um you know as paul gets saved and so on and so forth and peter all these letters and epistles starts to get written and so uh, the point i want to look at is look at these these people lives just just something to pay attention to here i just want to look at verse 3 says we give thanks to god the father of our lord jesus christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. And as I was reading this earlier, I was thinking about, okay, I, the question I had to myself is, okay, if the great commission is given to the, to the disciples directly, right? Then, okay, where else we see, where do we see the responsibility of just the regular lay Christian, you know, if throughout scripture is the, the, where we, where we see the, the regular lay Christian goes to make disciples or the regular lay Christian will baptize or the regular lay Christian will teach people all that God has commanded them. Right. Where are all these? And I, you know, this was my question early before we even had this discussion to now, you know, just let you know where my mind was before. And I read Colossians and I see that these people, when Paul says, we heard of your faith and we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. So these, this, this church that was already planted, already established now is full of disciples made disciples for Christ. And what are they doing? They heard of their faith in Christ. Now I don't, Paul doesn't give us right here a, uh, 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 a layout of everything that they do that, that shows their faith, right. That people would talk about, but it has, but we would have to assume that it has to do with how they're living. You know, they're living in such a way that it shows that they, they are, they are faithful to Christ and given this time of persecution and everything else going on in the early church, you know, that could be, you can, you can really draw that out as a conclusion, but he says, and the love which you have for all the saints. So now showing love to my fellow brother and sister in Christ and so on and so forth. But then he says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. So now we see Paul telling us they did hear the gospel message, right? They were taught the gospel. We- Right, and and this is very important to point out. These 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 saints have a pastor, and he's he's in verse seven. Mm, uh, they, you gonna you gonna let me get there with you? You, oh, you just could not let me get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you the, the proverbial life when we getting all proverbial around here, man. <laughs> um, uh, Ethan. Uh, Ethan, thank you for asking the question. Are these going on the podcast? I wasn't thinking about it, but um, since you suggested it, I think it would be a good idea for us to put it on the podcast. Uh, and where you could put this yeah. on a proverbial life and I could put this on a prescribed truth podcast. Yeah, yeah that, that's sure. a good idea. I wasn't really thinking about it until you commented. So thank you for that suggestion. I definitely will think about doing that. I might be, maybe actually do it. Um, it's it's going to be long enough. <laughs> All right, so now you see why we're putting this in the podcast. And so thank you so much for Ethan Tanner for making that suggestion. I hope you guys are benefiting from it and enjoying the conversation. Please feel free to contact me. Let me know what your thoughts are concerning this topic. There's a couple more parts left, and you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go ahead and release the whole thing come next week so we can finish out the year. I'm just going to release two episodes next week. Just finish off this conversation, guys. So I'm hoping you enjoyed it. Please give me give me your feedback and your comments. Let me know what you think about this particular subject. So um, once again, I'm going to end this off with a commercial for the prescribed truth. Have a great 
great weekend. If I don't talk to you, if I don't talk to you, I think I will. But if I don't talk to you, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And also my birthday is coming up on the 20th. Just let you know for anybody who just happens to want to uh, support Prescribed Truth on Patreon just for a dollar for the, for the birthday. You know, just just because just because, you know, you don't really have to just throwing it out there. But anyway, <laughs> hope you have a great week. God bless. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 Therefore laying aside falsehood Speak truth each one of you with his neighbor For we are members of one another For his name's sake What's up everybody? I'm Jamal Bandy, the host of the Prescribed Truth Podcast Where I seek to distribute the truth That the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today The Lord graciously brought me out of a cult in 2010 Saved me in 2013 And in 2017, Prescribed Truth began My mission has been to spread the truth of God's word While refusing dangerous lies affecting most churches and the culture at large from a biblical and reformed perspective. Join me every Monday for a brand new episode of the Prescribed Truth Podcast and download the audio version wherever podcasts can be found, including the Christian Podcast community. You can also get a sneak peek of what we're going to discuss Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time live on YouTube. If you would like to know more about Prescribed Truth, please visit my website at prescribedtruth.com. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.